in equestrian journalism, how do you even get into that? Um, mostly by being a horse crazy little girl. Got it. Uh, <laughs> my husband was in the military and we were kind of bouncing around a lot. And so I started pitching to places that write about horse sports. And I ended up getting to write for uh, the Chronicle of the Horse, which really follows like competitive horse sports. So your Olympic athletes and things. Um, wow. So it was really fun. Have you seen the movie Notting Hill? I have. When he pretends to write for Horse and Hound. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can think about. (laughs) This is Admissible. I'm Natalie Blazer, Dean of Admissions at UVA Law. When people think about Charlottesville, Virginia, where UVA Law is located, they often think of the natural beauty we are so fortunate to be surrounded by. The Blue Ridge Mountains are within view from pretty much anywhere in town. And even when you're right in the middle of the city, you're never more than a few steps away from an idyllic hiking trail, a sprawling vineyard, or breathtaking vista. If you're someone who loves the great outdoors, or if you're someone who's hoping to study or practice environmental law one day, today's episode is for you. Not only are we gonna share what makes Charlottesville so special, as a home to boundless natural beauty and outdoor activities. We're also gonna share how current UVA law students have been involved in preserving Charlottesville's natural resources from an environmental law perspective. Having said that, I am so excited to introduce my two guests today, third year law students, Casey Crowley and Elizabeth Pupfark. Casey is originally from Golden, Colorado and attended the University of Colorado in Boulder for undergrad. After graduating from UVA Law this upcoming spring, Casey will be clerking on the Seventh Circuit and then on a district court in Denver. Very impressive. In his free time, Casey likes to spend time in the outdoors. Casey actually is the one who pitched this idea for the show today. Uh, Read about history and spend time with his friends. Elizabeth grew up in both Carolinas and earned her bachelor's and master's in English literature at the University of South Carolina. Before law school, she worked as an adjunct rhetoric and composition professor while also writing professionally within the niche field of equestrian journalism. Elizabeth has done law school with two adorable kids, currently aged five and eight, and this fall she'll start work at the Southern Environmental Law Center's Charlottesville office as an associate attorney. Wow. Also very impressive. Welcome to the show, Casey and Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So a little icebreaker for you two um, before we get started. What is your favorite restaurant in Charlottesville? Easy for me. I'm a Brazos fan. Okay. (laughs) With small kids, it's the place to go and be outside and relaxed. Um, Yeah, Triple Pickle is my favorite. We just went to Brazos on Friday for a little team lunch. Love it. So... I've recently become a foodie after like moving to Charlottesville because the <laughs> restaurants here are so great. Um, so if you're going high class and want the best meal in Charlottesville, Fleury, okay. I think, is the best. It's it's awesome. But if you're trying to go a little cheaper and just a great spot, I like Public Oyster. Yeah, um, It's like really good seafood, really good drinks, awesome oysters. Get there before 6 and you might get a lobster roll. That's right. If they're not sold out. Yeah, $2 oysters too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So 
Casey and Elizabeth, since most of our listeners, as you know, are current law school applicants and prospective law students, let's just start by going back a few years, talk about how you made the decision to go to law school. Can you each just share briefly how you made the decision to come to UVA? Yeah, for me, I knew that I wanted to have a pretty narrow focus. I was interested in studying environmental law, and I wanted to go into the field on the public service side. So I had a pretty strong direction. So for me, it it honestly came down to the clinic. A law school clinic is where students get to work with a faculty member as essentially like a small law firm. And you have clients and you have active cases. And so it was an opportunity, to my mind, to like get my hands dirty as early as 2L, working with clients and working on the kind of cases that I wanted to do. And I actually called Professor Kale Jaffe, who runs the Environmental Law Clinic, before starting law school just to have a conversation and find out more about it. Um, and I talked to students who had completed the clinic. And all that kind of just told me, okay, this is... This is a, a program that's really thriving and um, something that I would want to be a part of. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a lot more later in the show. Casey? So when I was looking at law schools, I was looking at the professors. And at that time, I was kind of interested in legal academia. I was doing a lot of reading of law reviews. And I was reaching out to these professors at different law schools about their articles. And I had heard nothing. And then I come across an article by Professor Prakash um, at mm. UVA, and I emailed him. I said, hey, this is a great article. Here's a couple of questions. And within 15 minutes, he had emailed wow. me back, answered all my questions, asked me questions. And we had probably went back four, and five, four or five times. And after that, I was like, this is, this is the place for yeah. me. Our faculty are amazing. Gosh, they do reply and they will, you know, get in the back and forth. They'll talk on the phone. They'll do a Zoom. Um, that's great. Love, Kale. Love, Cy. Okay, so someone considering coming to UVA Law may know a lot about the school. They may know about the clinic, for example. They may reach out to the faculty. Our faculty are very well known. A prospective law student might not really have any familiarity with Charlottesville, the city, and everything it has to offer. You know, unlike if you're thinking about Penn or NYU or Georgetown, um, it's likely, I would say, that you might not have visited Charlottesville the way that you would have D.C. or Philadelphia or New York, like on a school trip, for example. Um, So for listeners out there, Charlottesville obviously is surrounded by all this nature. I want to talk about sort of specifics in terms of activities. So what would you sort of put out there as the best ways to spend outdoors in Charlottesville? Obviously, it'll depend on the season. So I'll let you start with, you know, whatever you want to highlight. Sure. So in winter, I think, you know, you have skiing, you have snowboarding, um, at Wintergreen and sort of some other nearby ski resorts. Um, you've got hiking trails. You know, Charlottesville can be warm in the summer, um, so it's nice when it cools down. You can really save those, like, long walks, those backpacking trips for sort of when it starts to cool down. Um, in the spring, backpacking is great. Lots of hikes, bike rides. Um, softball is also picking up. There's a big tournament <laughs> for that. Um, fishing is great too. That's normally when I like to go fishing because the, you know, it starts to rain and the, the rivers are, are great for fishing. So the summer is really great here because it's warm. So you want to get up high. So that, that's where Shenandoah is great. You can go take long walks. Um, one of my favorite things to do is tube down the river. 
um, with friends. There's a great little swimming hole and like a, a rope swing. And then fall is kind of similar. Uh, it cools down. I went on a great backpacking trip um, this fall. Trail runs. You know, I would, my brother's in 1L and we would go drive up to Shenandoah and just, you know, take a break and just do some trail runs up there. Um, again, softball's picking up for all the 1Ls. Um, yeah. I think fall is the, my favorite. I agree. It's just the foliage, like wherever you turn, it's just stunning outside. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, that covers a lot of it. For me, I've loved that you have that in Charlottesville, but also if you drive just a hair's breadth outside of Charlottesville, it's rural. And mm-hmm. that's really hard to find at other schools to get to rural space. Um, it was important to us to live somewhere where we could have chickens. <laughs> I'm <laughs> proud to say we've reached the point in chicken ownership where I don't know how many we have. Um, I've gotten involved in some community gardening, which is really great in the area. Um, I just started volunteering at a local horse rescue where you can just go and oh. muck some stalls and feed some horses and pet some noses and yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. just enjoy being outside. And um, Casey mentioned Shenandoah. So Shenandoah National Park runs I don't know how many miles but it's a huge national park sort of just slightly west of us um the annual pass is super cheap I don't I can't remember what it is but it's 50 dollars yeah so basically like a dollar a week (laughs) um it's just insane and you can all types of you know levels of difficulty hikes you know with dogs, without dogs, um, things you could do with your parents who are in town, things you could do with little kids, um, things like that are a little bit more advanced, um, and just getting getting out there and just the views are are unreal. Some of them take longer than others. I usually look for like the two to three hour. Um, <laughs> that's like good for me, you know, yeah. a Saturday morning. Um, so there's also you mentioned the Ravana Trail. This is. This still is stunning to me. It's a 26-mile actual trail system that surrounds Charlottesville. So if you wanted, and I think people have done this, you can run an actual marathon (laughs) on the Ravana Trail. Um, You can pick it up anywhere outside the city. Right behind the law school, you are on the Ravana Trail. So you can go. You could follow that basically to my house, to downtown, to beyond. Like It's pretty wild. Um, and there's the Ravana Trail Foundation. They organize these cleanups and um, maintenance of the trail and all of that that you can get involved with on the weekends, too, which I love. Um, locally, like if you don't want to drive to Shenandoah, do you guys have a favorite like trail park? Like I love Riverview Park. It's the only flat <laughs> If you're a runner like I am and you're getting older and don't love all the hills in this city, Riverview Park, you know, you have the river right there and it's like the only flat place. But do you guys have others? Maybe it's because most of my running is out in the country. Yeah. I have a really good time going, like starting my run on the mall and then kind of exploring the city. Oh, nice. Um, And you usually see lots of other people out doing the same. So it's pretty fun. And since we're talking about running, so the Ragged Mountain Running Shop, which is just sort of... I would say the hub for all runners in in the city. I think that store has been here for 40 years, run by the same family, and they put on races like all throughout the year. I always tell people, if you're coming to Charlottesville and you're a runner, go to that store and you will just, they have everything you need to know. You can obviously get all of your gear. This is not a, you know, 
ad. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, they do the Charlottesville, like the women's four-miler in the fall that I've done every year. They do um, a lot of trail runs throughout the year. Um, It's just a great place if you just want to get connected with that community. Um, Like breweries, I know some of our students have told me they go to like a brewery on a Monday night and do a run. Cuckoo Rashu, the bakery. Yeah, our friend has like a, it's a running club. So all the law students go in the morning before class and then you run around. I think it's two miles, and then you all hang out at Kukurushu, the bakery, uh, and get just like the best pastry of your life. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a good setup. Um, So let's talk about you know people who love nature, but they maybe want to enjoy it without a three-hour hike or a (laughs) five-mile run or something. What are just like I would say less athletic ways to enjoy everything Charlottesville has to offer? I think vineyards are amazing and that's like one of the gems i think of charlottesville is like going up to the mountains with friends and just enjoying the view and it really it's an all-season activity i was yeah. at pippin hill a week ago yeah and you, you can walk around outside but then you can sit inside you'll be at a, an awesome restaurant with with great wine law school friends it really yeah it's just it's a great time the views are really yeah. you know worth it for in and of themselves like i don't even think you necessarily like need to drink wine while you're there you can like we take our dog and we just kind of hang out yeah. <laughs> um maybe get like one tasting over the course of a few hours but i definitely agree it's where you can just really see the best views yeah and i'll say i'm more of a brewery girl but you get the same thing uh <laughs> yeah down off of uh, 151 which runs southwest mm-hmm. of town there are a lot of uh, a lot of breweries along that way and this is miracles of zoning they all are on really large lots so you'll have like 10 acres of of space often along a river or something like that so there's just infinite options for you know laying out a picnic blanket and just hanging out and enjoying being outside yeah i was gonna say another great thing that i did one of that was totally new to me was apple picking yes how enjoyable is this you just like drive and then just go pick some apples for five dollars and get a whole bunch of apples some cider um the Sunset Series is another thing that's really popular with law students. You go to some, I can't remember the, do you know where it actually is? Uh, Carter Mountain. Carter Mountain, that's right. Yeah. So you, you go up there uh, with your law school friends and you just sit, you eat, you drink some apple cider and you just watch the sunset go yeah, down. It's, it's their, really popular. Their apple cider donuts are amazing. Oh, yeah. And their sister orchard, I think it's pronounced Child's. We go there for the pumpkin picking also in the fall. And my husband, he always says we have to get the donuts, we have to get the donuts. And he ends up getting like three boxes of the apple cider donuts and like eats all of them. I mean, he goes nuts, yeah. nuts for those things. Um, yeah, fruit picking, pumpkin patches, like again, a beautiful day. I think that's like the best way. The Sunset Series is awesome too. Have you heard of the Boar's Head like light show? Yes. Mm. I went, I think, three times okay. last year. It's called the Winter Wander. Um, it's really cool. It is. It's it's really pretty. Veritas Vineyards actually does their own version of it. Okay. In my mind, they're like competing with each other um, <laughs> to really outdo each other every year, which I kind of love. Um, yeah, they just string up all these holiday lights, and it starts – right before Thanksgiving and ends sometime in January. And it's really just a lovely, wholesome way to spend like the holiday season. Um, You just walk the trails and you see all the lights. 
we took our dog um, on the dog friendly night and got his picture with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, do, I love that. Um, they have, you know, little like hot cocoa. They have a little like ice skating rink. Yeah. Um, so I love doing that. Um, the other thing I will mention that um, Dean Goluboff mentioned on uh, the podcast, the most recent episode, Farmer's Market. This is like if you want to go and run into like 10 different people, you know, um, I highly <laughs> recommend the farmer's market at Ix Park. Um, I mentioned dogs. I have a dog. And so our life kind of revolves around him. For anyone out there who's considering bringing a dog to law school, I would say it's a very dog friendly city. Lots of restaurants. You know, you can sit on the patio. Lots of places to take your dog off leash, um, run around, just, you know. A big part of the reason we moved to Charlottesville from D.C. was to get a dog. So I would say that's a huge benefit as well. And horses and chickens and whatever <laughs> other pets you you want to have. Um, so <laughs> what would you say to someone out there who's listening who's thinking, like, I'm coming for law school. I'm going to be inside. I'm going to be studying. I'm going to have so much to do. I'm never going to have time to do any of this. So I had that perspective as a 1L. I did not I was so stressed about school. I did not go outside enough. And it was a real problem. You know, I I was just mm-hmm. so in my room and, oh, my God, I just can't even think about how tense I was all the time. And yeah. so it's about making time for the things that are important. And, you know, now that I look back, an hour outdoors with friends or just by myself is worth way more than four hours of studying because you need to be in a good place to succeed. Yeah. And, yeah, you have to find that balance. Elizabeth, as a mother of two and a law student, do you have anything to add to that? How do you make time? Um, well, I, I I use kind of a similar um, a similar philosophy for when I struggle to make time for family time, which is I take myself out of the equation a little bit and say, my kids need time with their mom. Mm. Um, and I kind of do the same thing for my body with the outdoors. I say my body needs time outside. <laughs> yeah. So it's really not about whether I think I'm going to enjoy it or whether I think I'm going to be stressed, but it's just, nope, the body needs sun. And uh, <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Once you get out there, you're pretty happy usually. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like we have covered a lot of the fun parts of of being outside in Charlottesville and if other things come to mind, like definitely bring them up. Um, I think it's becoming more clear in the sort of public um, consciousness that we can't take any of this natural beauty around us for granted, Um, which is why it was really important to me in today's episode to touch on how our students are involved in local conservation efforts and, and and actively getting trained at UVA Law to be environmental lawyers. I read applications all day, every day, and believe me, a lot of people are concerned about the environment, climate change, all these things. They want to come study environmental law. So what has that looked like for you? Well, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, choosing a major in college. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, more of choosing classes and coursework and structuring your time here so that you gain an understanding of our environmental regulatory policies and how different laws affect our natural resources, affect the pollution or cleanliness of the environment, and how all that intersects with climate change. Um, So for me, that's looked like thinking very consciously about taking classes that are geared 
in that interest. And one thing that I loved about UVA and that made me want to come here was knowing that I could start that second semester of 1L. So you can take environmental law your second semester. It's usually offered. Um, But yeah, so it's really more of of a collection of courses and just a way of approaching your studies rather than a formal concentration. So can you tell us, like, for the clinic, which I think you said you took 2L year? Yes. Um, what specific issue or issues were you working on in that clinic? Just to give people an idea of what that's like. Sure. Well, it's really, it runs the gambit. So what I love about the environmental law clinic at UVA is that it's an environmental law and community engagement clinic. So we do a lot of the things that are normal for environmental clinics, which is a lot of regulatory work. So mm-hmm. it's intervening on energy dockets, filing comments on NEPA proceedings. It's things that are very bread and butter, lots of acronyms, (laughs) environmental (laughs) law. Um, But then there's other work that we do that's much more connected to the local community and the state community. So one of the ongoing projects that the community engagement clinic, environmental law and community engagement clinic has is with the AMMD Pine Grove project, which is a effort to preserve a historic black schoolhouse in central Virginia. And that's something that the environmental law clinic has been partnered with this community with for years and years now. So as a student, you just get to plug into this and you have like credibility with a community and connection with them to be able to work alongside of them and kind of support their advocacy and their goals. Um, So that's a really great focus that the clinic has. So you mentioned it's a lot of regulatory work, um, which many areas of the law are. So is it what you expected? Obviously, the community connection part is amazing, and the real impact work is amazing. Is the law piece of it what you expected it to be? Well, parts of it are. I remember the first day of environmental law, um, Professor Mike Livermore, who taught when I was taking it, I remember him saying, like, if you really like wonky, difficult, complex, overlapping statutory regimes, you are in the right place. (laughs) (laughs) And we were all like, yay, that sounds awesome. (laughs) That's good. So that resonated with you. It did. Um, And it is a lot of that because you've got so many different intersecting areas of law. But it's not like you become, or at least from my perspective, it's not like you're going to just study the Clean Water Act and that's going to be the end of the day and you close the book. Everything touches environmental law. So you you're, you need constitutional law. The case that I worked on last summer was all wrought up in separation of powers. You need property law. You need to think about nuisance. That came up in a clinic case last semester. Um, you're dealing with federal courts extensively. Yeah. But you're also dealing with land use. So really so many types of law. You, you have to be kind of a jack of all trades. And I think that was a surprise. And it made me really grateful to be somewhere where there is a strong general curriculum um, because you, you have to start with trying to be a really great lawyer before thinking that you're going to become just a strong specialty lawyer. That's so true. And even human rights, environmental law and how that impacts human rights and poverty and right. um, access to resources and things like that. Um, so I wasn't planning to ask this question, although now it's occurring to me. So you are going to be practicing environmental law after you graduate, and we're going to talk about that in a second. As someone who has studied it now and you've been in the clinic and you're that's the sort of career path you're going on, again, because this is something that touches everybody and touches everybody's life, if there was one thing that you wish every single human on earth could do that would, like, have the biggest impact, what would it be? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> well... 
my instinct is to say is to say meat consumption to reduce not to eliminate necessarily or take all out but to reduce and be very conscious about meat consumption and think very critically about it but i honestly think that that falls secondary to following energy policy and becoming wow. a conscious voter and and thinking about the policies and structures critically and um, and taking that seriously. So I guess being an informed voter when it comes to environmental causes and being active on your representatives of whatever party to protect the environment. Yeah. <laughs> they probably would have the I biggest love that. impact. And everybody can do that. Yeah. Whether they want to also <laughs> eat meat, you know, everyone can be a conscientious voter. So that's great. Um, let's talk about sort of the student life um, aspect. So you have your clinic, you have your electives, you have your summer jobs. Um, What's the sort of student organization um, scene when it comes to environmental law at, at UVA? I think it really starts with the Virginia Environmental Law Forum, or VELF, as we call it. Uh, and really, it is what it says it is. It's a forum. So it's an idea of getting students together who are interested, or passionate about environmentalism and environmental law, and building conversations. So there, we have events for speakers. Um, which bring professors in front of students, but also from other schools, but also just community building events. Uh, Professor Cannon, who Mm -hmm. was former general counsel for the EPA, no big deal. Um, (laughs) He famously for years and years would invite students over to his house for a barbecue every fall. They'd go on a uh, river, I think a kayak trip, and then go to his house. And he formally retired the year before I started, so I did not get to partake, but Uh, Another professor has sort of taken up that calling. So there's usually a a barbecue every fall. Um, And then VELF also has a really extensive alumni network, which we're working on building out. So that's connecting you with students who are here now and students who have gone on into environmental careers. Um, And the other kind of big groups that help are like we have a journal, which is wonderful for publishing environmental research and for connecting students with that research. and there's also the the place community. And this is the program in law, communities, and the environment, I believe. I think that's right. <laughs> we have a lot of acronyms, um, but that's almost like a it's almost like a faculty student group. It's connecting faculty who are working on environmentally related projects and letting some cross pollination happen there and creating some cool opportunities for students and for faculty research place gets mentioned a lot. Like you said, program in law, communities, and environment. People are really interested in that. Um, I read that in applications all the time. So um, I love hearing that it's, you know, something that our students are actively involved in. It's a way to get to know faculty. It's a way to have an impact while you're still in school, you know, in addition to the clinics. Um, Yeah, I had a cool opportunity through place, a paper that I wrote for my first year environmental law class. Another student wrote on the same topic. We wrote about wood pellets. Much more interesting than it sounds. What are wood pellets? <laughs> wood pellets are compressed, ground up, and soaked wood that's burned for energy. Oh. And they're controversial as a renewable or non-renewable resource. But we both did research papers on it. And um, one of our professors has a podcast that's sponsored by Place, uh, Professor Livermore, Livermore, and he invited us on to talk about it. So, so cool. Student paper became a podcast episode through Place, which was pretty fun. So, do you have a stance on wood pellets, given that they're controversial? <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> Pro, 
Uh, I, I think that the um, cons outweigh the pros, unfortunately. Okay. Um, the local air pollution associated with the manufacture and sourcing of wood in southern forests, and then the the spike in carbon emissions when we burned them. So they would eventually be renewable because the trees could regrow and capture the carbon that's burned. But when we talk about climate change as a here and now problem, um, the yeah. life cycle isn't doesn't quite line up with when we need to start drawing those emissions back down. Yeah. You'll have to go listen to the episode. It's, I uh... will now. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. Um, I feel like I've already learned a lot that I have not, uh, that I had no idea about. So absolutely will. Um, so talk a little bit about what you're doing after graduation and, and sort of what you've done over the summers, what you, what what the job placement or search has been like in the environmental law sphere for people out there who are interested. Yeah, well, we have a fair amount of students who do come here interested in this. So the Career Center um, on the public service and the private sector side is really helpful for finding you placements. Um, so my first summer, I met with career services and they kind of laid out a, a few options. And then I wanted to look into it more. So I reached out again to Professor Jaffe. And I had the odd circumstance of wanting to stay in Charlottesville, which a lot of people use summers to explore, but I wanted to stay in Charlottesville. And I went to him and said, you know, what What do you know of? What could I do? And he had this whole long list that he'd clearly mm-hmm. prepared, which was very kind. And then at the very end, he said, or you could just be an RA for me. And I was like, done. No take backs. <laughs> That's great. So you did research for Professor Jaffe. I did for the clinic, um, which ended up giving me the opportunity to work on the case they had before them at the time, which was writing an amicus brief for Sackett versus EPA, which was wow. in front of the Supreme Court. Um, so that no was, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. So really cool 1L summer assignment. Um, and then the next year, I was able to work at the Southern Environmental Law Center. And really, their proximity to UVA's campus was huge for me um, as an option or something that would be an opportunity when I came here. And so I got to work with them last summer and uh, oddly once again ended up uh, working on some briefing for Supreme Court, this time on the shadow docket. Uh, but wow. that was a, a pipeline case uh, that had to do with separation of powers. But it was that was my whole summer. It's a really great experience. Amazing. And so you're going to, to SELC, Southern Environmental Law Center, after graduation. And what will that look like? Is it just sort of, do you know what types of cases you'll be working on or you're just kind of there and you're you're going to do whatever they give you? <laughs> well, I certainly will do whatever they give me. <laughs> but uh, I'll find out subject matter more when I get close to it. But I'll be an associate and uh, they're a public interest firm. So they're taking on cases in the public interest. So everything's going to be working towards conservation, working towards um, renewables and smart energy policy. Uh, so that that'll be the direction um, of the work. So great. So before we kind of um, start to wrap up with sort of more general advice for applicants and things like that, everything about climate change and the environment, I feel, is very depressing and everybody is very doomsday. Do you have any, like, positive fact, anything we've really done a good job of accomplishing that people can feel good about? Ooh, What gives me hope and what makes me feel positive is knowing the incredible people that are committing themselves to this problem and that are seeing this as the work of their lives. And that's part of what motivated me about meeting the faculty here. Professor Jaffe is one. Professor Mike Livermore is also 
talked frequently about how this is laboring to do good. Um, Alison Goki is another professor here who is doing some really like rock star research on yeah. energy policy. Um, professor Cannon is the ultimate optimist. His his book I, I would recommend to anyone who's who's interested in looking at the hard reality of where we are in energy policy and and on the on environmental law, but thinking that we can still come together now in this moment of climate change in the way that in the 70s people came together around localized pollution. Um, so I think just, and then all the people that I've worked with at SELC, other students at UVA who are yeah. committed. Um, so I think that's more where I draw hope. There are a lot of people, really smart, really good people who are throwing themselves at this. And and you're one of them. I get to be one of them. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> and I will say that I love that answer because that is how I feel reading applications sometimes. You know, um, there are so many smart, ambitious, um, empathetic people out there. And I emphasize smart, smart, smart driven people who care about these issues, not just environmental law, but reproductive rights, um, incarceration, you know, all of the problems of our society and just reading those and knowing that they're going to come to UVA, hopefully, and and get to work on them is very uplifting. Um, when you feel like you can't change the state of the world, um, that definitely gives me hope. So I love that. Um, all right, Casey, you each started three years ago. Um, try to think back to sort of where you were when you were applying that process. What advice would you give to someone out there who who's in that process right now? For me, I think the biggest, the best thing you can do is really show in your application what kind of what you're bringing to the UVA mm -hmm. law community. Like what makes you unique? What separates you from everybody else? Is it a particular passion, whatever that is? Or is it, you know, I'm going to be a mentor to, you know, future generations. It's um, like wh what sets you apart from everybody else and really highlighting that I think is key. Yes, I could not agree more. Being yourself, what are you bringing? It doesn't need to be the most unique thing ever. Um, it really doesn't. It just needs to be authentic to you. Um, I love that. Elizabeth, what advice would you give to anyone out there working on their applications? I would say I would say something very similar, which is to the approach that I took back when I was doing journalism, when I was telling stories about other people was that I had to look for what was the truest thing about them, the truest way that I could unify their story into a central theme. And that was a, a shift from when I started journalism, when I wanted to find some hook or angle or something interesting mm. and different, but instead to say, no, what is actually like the truest thing I can say about this person? And then how do I say that in a compelling way? And I think if you could take that approach, if you can try to find what's really true, <laughs> what's really the accurate, the truth, most true reason that you want to come here, that's going to come through, or that would be the best way to get at what you're trying to say. Such, such great advice. What I love is when I, when you don't even feel like you're reading, it just, it feels like somebody is telling you a story and it's just, you want to know more and more and, okay, I want to interview you now. And so, yeah, being yourself, um, what is the most true thing about you? I really like the way you said that. Um, what about, you know, let's say people are going to start getting acceptances soon, um, getting admitted to various law schools, like what advice would you give when it comes to the selection process? I think a great thing to do is to reach out to people that have already graduated and that are working 
um, they're a little bit more removed from the process. They have had more time to sort of look back and reflect. I think that's a great thing to do. I can almost guarantee you that every UVA lawyer will speak very highly about UVA and how much they miss Charlottesville and how they're trying to get back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they will speak highly and enthusiastically yeah. and for way longer than you anticipated <laughs> <laughs> having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would totally agree with that. Um, I would also say to try to kind of conduct an exercise, like think about how it's going to feel in your body to be in that place, mm-hmm. like just how it's going to feel day to day, because it's easy to think of law schools in abstract terms or how it's going to sound to say you go somewhere or what it's going to look like. But just try to put yourself in that in that space as much as you can and think about how it's going to feel, because that's your day to day. And it, three years fly by, but there's still three years. Right. <laughs> As I've heard a lot of parents say, the days are long, but the years are short. So, (laughs) yes, it will feel like three years when you're studying, (laughs) especially in 1L. Um, And I think, um, you know, picturing how you feel somewhere, the best way to do that is really to visit. And Mm -hmm. I think we've, you know, given a lot of great reasons why Charlottesville is a wonderful place to live. But really visiting, if you can take the time, if you're an admitted student, we do offer a travel subsidy. So we try to offset the cost. But even if you're not admitted yet and you're just considering where to go, I have heard people say all the time that they know instantly when they get here that this is what's meant for them. And on the flip side, I don't hear this because usually I never hear from them again, but people feel like maybe it's not the right place for them. They're meant for a New York or a D.C. or a Philly or a Los Angeles or Chicago. And that is great for them, too. I think this place is really, really special for a lot of people, but um, it has to to be right. And I think if you can't visit, um, which would be my number one piece of advice, what you two did, reaching out to professors, you know, what you said, Casey, reaching out to alums, reaching out to current students. I know you guys would talk to anybody who reached out to you. Um, We have amazing student ambassadors. And so asking them questions that about things that are important to you. Um, Well, Casey and Elizabeth, this has been so much fun. Um, it makes me just want to go outside on a hike right now. Unfortunately, I have to go back to the office. Um, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy 3L schedules to be guests on the show today. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. This has been Admissible with me, Dean Natalie Blazer, at the University of Virginia School of Law. My guests today were third-year UVA law students Casey Crowley and Elizabeth Putfark. For more information about UVA law, please visit law.virginia.edu. The next episode of Admissible will be out soon. In the meantime, you can follow the show on Instagram at, at @admissiblepodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts.